Welcome to the Rooted Life Change Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke, and I believe that you can experience lasting life change for your good and for God's glory. Today, we're going to pick up and we're going to talk about this theme of finding true peace. Finding true peace. Last week, we talked about serenity and kind of how this idea of what we think of serenity might not be the right one. Um, and we're going to pick up this idea of peace. A couple weeks ago, we actually we talked about sanity. You remember that conversation? We were talking about um, <clears throat> insanity versus sanity. This idea of we keep living in a certain way that keeps giving us bad results, right? That popular definition of insanity of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, wanting things to get better, but not doing the things that we need to be doing in order to get better. Or we talked about the definition I worked with was insanity is a way of being that we've gotten comfortable with that leads to a place that we do not want to go. It's a way of being that we live in, that we do, and it's a way of doing things that is slowly leading us in a direction that we actually don't want to go in, but for some reason we are comfortable and we don't want to change. That's insanity, right? And so what is sanity? Sanity is kind of living life on life's terms. It's beginning to say, you know what? No, how do I actually line up my actions with where I want to go and begin to experience wholeness? And so the Bible has a different way or word for talking about what we have called sanity in one of our last sessions. The Bible has this concept known as shalom, which is a Hebrew word, and we translate that to mean peace. Shalom, um, our definition of peace is a little bit different, though, than what exactly shalom means. When we think of peace, one thing might come into our mind, but actually we need to be thinking of something else, right? Let's imagine for a moment that there's a major city, and this major city is hit by a massive storm. The storm is record-breaking, it's huge, and it absolutely brings about devastation to the city. And in the middle of the storm, that city is not at peace. There's nothing peaceful about that city experiencing that storm. All the wind, it's knocking things down, things are collapsing, there's water damage, there's awful things happening in the city. It's not at peace. The morning after the storm, so storm ends, the sun comes up, storm is gone, And we might be tempted to say, ah, the city is now at peace, right? Because the storm's gone. City's at peace. There's no storm. But if we were to look at that city and we were to look at all the damage that was left behind behind by that storm, we were to look at the telephone wires down, we were to look at the water damage, the flooding, the broken things, the damage to personal private property, would we say that's at peace? In, in one way, we might say, well, I guess like it, there's a kind of peace because there's no more storm. And that's the definition of peace I think we often have in our heads. But the idea of shalom, the biblical idea of peace, is more like wholeness. Uh, the biblical idea of peace, if we were to apply that to that situation, that city would not be at peace until the damage from the storm was repaired. 
until things were put back the way they were supposed to be. Think about it um, in kind of maybe an interpersonal level, right? If you've had close relationships of any kind with family or friends or a loved one, um, we might say, well, I'm not arguing, right? Like we're, we're, we're at peace right now, right? We're not having any conflict. And what you mean by that is that you're not fighting, right? But we all know that just because words aren't being exchanged, that there's, uh, that there's necessarily peace in the relationship, right? Uh, there could be the silent treatment going on, right? That looks peaceful from the outside, but we know that that is not a sign of wholeness. It's not a sign of peace, right? Or, um, you know, if we were to think even about like the Cold War, right? You know, Cold War where uh, nations are just, you know, there's no active fighting going on, but there's not exactly peace going on either, right? And so we need to have a more comprehensive definition of peace. Peace is this wholeness. It's this restoration of things being the way that they are supposed to be. And so often we're tempted to settle for a, what I call a false peace. And what we settle for when we settle for a false peace is really a form of insanity. We might be tempted to stay inside of our little room and not look, at si- look outside not if we're back in the city. Let's imagine we're back in the city for a moment. We might be tempted to settle for this false peace, stay in our little room, in our little house, not look outside at the storm and all the mess that it's made. That's not peace, right? If I just cover my eyes and I don't look at the mess, that's not peace. That's a delusion. That's living with willful blindness. That's not willing to face reality. Uh, we might say we aren't having any conflict in our life right now, but that doesn't mean um, that we... If we're not having any conflict, that might be true, but are you not having conflict because you're lying, because you're keeping secrets, right? Like sometimes we're like, oh, I just want to have peace, so I'm not going to tell the truth right now, or I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to keep a secret because I don't want to have a fight. Well, okay, but that's not peace, right? That's a delusion. That's a false peace. We might be avoiding the damage, and that's all around our feet, pretending that everything is how it's supposed to be, but it's really not. Peace is more than the absence of pain. It is the presence of wholeness. Hear that again. I want you to catch that. Peace is more than the absence of pain. It is the presence of wholeness. Throughout the Bible, the Bible uses this word peace to refer to wholeness, this full state of being. When it comes to Jesus in the New Testament, Testament, he described, he is described as bringing peace. Let me read a few passages for you where Jesus talks about this wholeness, this restoration. John 14, 20, verse 27 says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Uh, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He's like, I'm going to give you a peace that's my peace. It's not a peace like the world. It's a peace that's different. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 through 20, it says this, For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him, talking about Jesus, and through him to reconcile, to reconcile, to bring all, 
all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Reconciliation is is bringing things back together the way they're supposed to be. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The world was thrown into disarray and chaos when the world entered into it. And with that came brokenness that has affected both you and I and every person who's ever existed. But Christ came to bring peace, to reverse the curse, to come and bring about restoration in the life of you and me. So often we settle for a false peace. We say, you know what? Pain's not too bad. There's nothing like acute. There's nothing like awful happening right now. Um, I'm going to settle for that, right? We're going to settle for complacency over the way things are, uh, whether or not that's actual wholeness, whether that's actually healing, whether that's actual truth or actual reality. Um, We will settle for things just being comfortable sometimes, not actually settle for wholeness or peace. If you've ever injured one of your legs or your feet, right? Like I've, I've injured my foot and my legs a couple of times. And one of the things I notice every time I do that is that it makes me walk funny. And when you walk funny, when you're kind of carrying yourself different because one of your legs is hurt or injured, you, your posture gets kind of different. You hold your back in a different way. And what you start doing is you start experiencing pains elsewhere in the body, even if you get to a place where you can kind of walk um, and you're not experiencing any pain in your foot anymore because you're kind of limping or you're walking differently so you don't hurt it, you start to feel pain elsewhere in your body, like in your back, because you're holding yourself strange. And that's true about the way our lives and our souls work. See, the thing is, and this is, this is a really deep truth, this is a hard truth to kind of see at first, But if you have, say, an addiction, right, maybe you drink too much alcohol, maybe you abuse a drug, maybe you run to pornography, maybe whatever your unhealthy coping mechanism is that you run to, the thing of choice that you think will fix you, make you feel better, whatever that is, that's not really your problem. That in that analogy is like your sore back, There's actually probably an old injury in your foot that we need to talk about too. A lot of times in recovery circles or in AA, people will talk about, I don't have a drinking problem, I have a living problem. Uh, Yeah, like absolutely alcoholism, abusing alcohol is definitely a problem, but it's a secondary problem for many people. There's actually often another internal, emotional, spiritual life problem. Maybe there was something that happened early in life, something about the way we grew up or the way we were raised or what we experienced as a child. Or maybe it's just like life is just chaotic and I don't have the skills to manage it. That's a problem. That's a limp in the leg that we've been given. We've started to walk in a way that's not healthy, that's not whole, that's not restored, and it's causing us to have other problems like alcoholism, like broken relationships. And the same thing comes to 
whether you're dealing with an explicit addiction or not, if you have trauma or hurt or a past thing that you can't seem to get over, I guarantee you it's impacting your life in other areas. It's impacting how you experience your day-to-day life because it's an unhealed or incompletely healed wound that's causing you to live life differently. And that's scary, right? That's hard, right? Like, oh, like, can't we just ignore it? Can't it just go away? Like, if we just ignore it, won't it go away? And the sad truth is that no, it's not going to go away. You can ignore it for as long as you want. That's your choice. But the thing is, is it's not going to go away. But there's good news for us too, because Jesus wants people who are injured. Jesus wants people who've got a limp. Listen to these words from Jesus uh, from Matthew chapter 9, verses 12 through 13. On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Jesus says right here, he's like, look, I'm not here to find people who've got their life all together. I didn't come down to earth to die on the cross for people who are eh, pretty just all right. They don't really have any problems. I came here for the sick. I didn't come to take care of the healthy people. I came to help the sick people. I came to take care of the people who need my help, right? If you think you've got life all together, okay. Like Jesus, Jesus is for the person who's sick, who's in need of him. Now, the reality of that is, is if you think you've got life all together, that you're all perfect, you got it all figured out. I guarantee you that there's something that you're not actually addressing, that you don't have it all figured out, that there will be some brokenness in your life at some point. The fact of the matter is, is that we're all human. We've all sick. We're all sinners. We've all got brokenness in our life. We all need Jesus to come and bring about healing in those places. And so that's great news. So oftentimes I'll tell people that church isn't for perfect people. Church isn't for the person who's got it all together. Church is for the person who doesn't have it all figured out, right? It's a place where we get to come and we get to meet with Jesus and experience that healing that he promises. Last thing that I want to talk about is this myth of happiness, right? Talking about this, we can't avoid pain, we can't avoid... um, seeking kind of a false peace. But what we often do when we seek a false peace is we are believing a myth. We're believing this myth of happiness. I've talked about this before, but let's talk about it again. At some point, someone sold you a myth. Someone told you a lie, and it's a really nice lie. It's a really nice myth. Wish it was true. It's just not. And the myth goes something like this. If you can manage your life just the right way. If you can find the right method, if you can watch the right YouTube video, if you can read the right self-help book, you can find the right technique in order to do this thing right, to do that, to find the right TikTok hack. Um, You can uh, live your life and do things in such a way that you will always be happy and you will endure very little to no suffering. That's the myth. 
right? If we just find the right method, if we find the right mixture of things, if we uh, get rid of all the uncomfortable things, we just kind of ignore them and push them away. If we cut ties with anybody we think might cause us harm uh, or might make us like regret or feel hurt at some point, if we just, which by the way, that's all relationships. If we get rid of all the things that make us uncomfortable and we just kind of try and tweak it and we just try a different method or a different way of doing this and a different way of doing that, we can experience happiness, right? That's the myth. And that done right, you should be happy pretty much all the time, if not most of the time. That's the myth. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that's as far as that myth goes. It's not reality. That's not your life up to this point. It's not been my life up to this point. Upon closer examination of this, we begin to find cracks in the foundations of that philosophy. Like, let's just think about, like, brushing your teeth for a second, right? I don't know anybody who particularly likes brushing their teeth. I know people who like the feeling of having just brushed their teeth. But I don't know anyone who really loves having just brushed their, or loves brushing their teeth, particularly little kids. I haven't met like a little toddler who's just so excited that, well, I don't, I guess maybe I have. There are kids that like brushing their teeth, but most of the time, particularly when they're first learning, kids don't like to brush their teeth. It's not fun. They would rather just not brush their teeth. Well, okay. What if we thought, if we follow this kind of idea of like minimize suffering in your life, to maximize happiness. Okay, well, brushing your teeth makes the kid unhappy, so let's not brush your teeth. Okay, well, the kid's not going to be happy later when he starts losing teeth because of cavities or he's having a lot of dental work done, right? Not going to be happy then, right? We all know that basic principle that sometimes we need to undergo uh, momentary or short forms of unhappiness in order to experience long-term payoff, right? Like that's a basic principle, but like that doesn't jive with this whole idea of like we can be happy all of the time. That's not true. We sometimes do actually have to do things that we just don't like. Happiness is not always the goal. It's just not because if it was, then yeah, you should avoid pain at all costs. But oftentimes we know that we're shooting for something better, right? Why do we go to the gym? Well, we go to the gym, at least I go to the gym when I go to the gym, not because I love going to the gym. I go to the gym because I'm chasing after something else, something better than just momentary happiness or momentary pleasure. And that's all of life. And so this whole session, this whole talk here is meant to be an encouragement to you to say, all right, don't settle for a false peace. Don't buy the myth of happiness and say that, you know what, I should just always do what feels best or pursue happiness. No, no, no. What does wholeness look like? What does living like Christ look like? What does living in accordance with uh, my values look like? And if that's hard, that's a good thing to chase after. What's the limp? What's the wound that needs healed um, so that I can live in wholeness? Remember, just because the storm is over doesn't mean the city is at peace. Just because there isn't chaos immediately going on in your life right now because things are kind of calm 
doesn't mean that there's peace in your heart, in your soul, in the way that you're living your life. Like there is a place where you need to find and seek peace and wholeness, restoration being put back together. So I encourage you this week to wrestle with that, to ask yourself, where are you settling for false peace in your life? Are you not dealing with a wound that needs healed? Are you not addressing a relationship that needs addressed? Are you keeping secrets or hiding things in a way to avoid having conflict when really you need to have conflict in order to begin to seek wholeness and peace? Um, So give yourself some time this week to reflect on that, to ask yourself, where am I settling for false peace? And where is Christ calling me to experience greater healing and a greater sense of restoredness and wholeness in my life? Thank you for joining me this week, uh, for listening in in this conversation. You can always drop me a comment, send me a message, or email me at luke at conduitministries.com. Be happy to hear from you. Um, Next week, we're going to start talking about this idea of the false self, of identifying what the false self is. And so uh, I hope you join me for that conversation. I'll talk to you all then next time.